Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. <laughs> Why are you? What, I don't like the narrative that you try to portray. That I was trying to fight my coach. I just had a blackout moment where I didn't know what the hell no, I was even doing. No, no, You was attacking your coach very aggressively. But see, this this is a small guy complex, Key. Like, you haven't had to deal with this. Max, have you ever had these moments where you're like, you're like, no, I'm, I'm going to jack this dude up. And you get up and you're like, what the hell am I doing? I probably shouldn't <laughs> be doing this. What am this. I trying to prove? Complex. Both of y'all are small. That's why I asked Max. By the way, the I'm question. a normal-sized American you're small, male. Max. I'm, Max, you're small. No, I'm not. I'm compared to athletes, I am. But if you look at the American average, I'm not. Yeah, but you're around athletes that, um, all true. the time. In my, world, in my world, I'm around people constantly who are larger <laughs> yeah, than I small. am. That's true. You're small. How tall are you, Max? 5'11". Yeah. And but how's your hand size? Buck 80. Soaking wet. Uh, well, but, but, buck 95, buck but we'll, 95. we'll talk <laughs> offline. <laughs> it's those grande burritos we yeah, order every man. morning. I, I, you know when I started paying attention? I saw, really, if I'm in shape, but 190 can look a lot different if you're lifting and in shape than if you're just out of shape. But I got on the scale not that long ago, I don't know, within the last year, said 199.8. Seven. Just round up, baby. I'm like, Just call it a good me, two bucks. Maybe now's a good time to good get on the bucks. elliptical. Can I tell you why I'm frustrated? Hmm. Because me at 6'2", we're having a lot of conversation around Kenny Pickett and hand sides and can quarterbacks with small hands be successful and Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes and guys like that. So, you know, me being 6'2", I'm like, let me measure my hand size. I'm at nine, nine, nine inches, and Key's at ten and a half mm-hmm. And you're at nine and a half. Is this true? Are you at nine and a half? That's max? what I mean. I just, Paulie just measured. He told Paul, me bring the tape measure back out. But you got to have you got the web is the most important part, though. If the web has if the web, well, this is what I was told. Yep. I'm not a doctor, but <laughs> if, if if for whatever weird reason it has like a, it's deep. It's that's the most important hmm. part. So if you have because a deep, if you have strength, a deep web, because of the strength. catching the ball. Of catch, well, for me, the yeah. strength of your hands and catching the football. So the, I don't, de- so the deeper the your doctors, web, the man, better. I, the deeper the web, the better the hand. Man, that's what they say, um, man. I, hey, man. I don't know what hey, man. this means. I'm just telling you what they told me. You I know? don't know what's happening I, right now. Telling you what they told me. I'm just saying. <laughs> now, maybe they so were just So how do you lying. measure the depth of somebody's web? I don't, do I look like a doctor? I don't know. You're the you one that's saying measure. I, I didn't play football. I'm not an expert. I'm just telling you what the people, <laughs> when they were doing the measuring and stuff like that, they were talking about. That's all. I noticed that on this list of the quarterbacks with the smallest hand size, Joe Burrow's on the list. It was top six smallest, yeah. right? Yeah. Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes are on the list. And the other guys on the list are Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, like, no bums. They're all pretty good They're at least. They're all NFL starting playoff And some of them are yes. great. A couple of them are out of six. If two of them are great all and two of them, them are good and two of them are decent. All of them are good. Yeah, man. They're so what does that good. tell you about hand size? They're all good, but Evan was supposed to do an exercise, which I'm sure he didn't complete yet, which nope. I want to look at their turnovers. He said he was mm-hmm. off today. And I want to look at their – I didn't say I was off. I said I don't was – Don't cut me off. Out. I'm talking. I said You're I was checking out Evan. at 8 o'clock. He checked and that's out exactly at 8. What I did. You, you stepped on me, Evan, right in the middle of my conversation. 
By the way, this is the first time on this show. I got show you that to I, stop talking. This is the first time on this show that I've ever heard us say Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield as good. We're like, yeah, they're good. No, they're, but they're, I, any, I know, but just think about how that's a contrast of all the other yeah. conversations we had about Ryan Tannehill. They're not backups. They're starting quarterbacks. quarterbacks. And none of them on that list is backup quarterbacks. So they all play off caliber quarterbacks. Yeah. Obviously, yes. Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl. But it is important to know that hand size for quarterbacks or for anybody that matter, running backs, anybody that's carrying the football is important. Why? Because you have to be able to you have to be able to hold the grip. If the ball if it's if it's uh bad weather, you get some rain, some sleet, snow, whatever you want to call it, uh you gotta be able to you gotta be able to grip it, rip it at, at the quarterback spot. And if your hands is so small that you can't wrap your hands around that football in them laces and let it go. Or if somebody's bending the edge and coming and chopping, tomahawk chopping, trying to get it out of your hands, and you don't hold on to it, then it slips wonder, right out. I wonder the, what, what you said about the webbing in the hand. Like, if that, if maybe hand size is correlated to other things, but it's it's not the number one indicator, and we'll learn over time. In fact, depth of your whatever is actually because I imagine big hands are an advantage. That oh, doesn't absolutely. mean small hands are disqualifying. No, it, just it means doesn't. If you got suction cups, yeah. You got suction cups. I'm, that's what it's about. I remember crushing people with baby hands anyway. I remember Shaq saying, <laughs> saying that he would deflate during Deflate Gate with Brady and everything. Shaq said, "I used to deflate the basketball." I was like, "What?" And and he was sa- and he said that he deflated it because he didn't have big hands like MJ. But how, and he how, liked palming the ball. It doesn't do anything def- in basketball. But how did you deflate it in basketball? They share the same ball. He like ju- football. He t- I'll football, bet you it's online. He'll tell stories. On football, yeah. it's your bag of. <laughs> It's your footballs. Yeah. It's my footballs. Yeah. And you go out with your footballs. We're so childish. And on the offensive side, I go out with my football on the offensive mm-hmm. side. We don't share but the in same basketball, footballs. In basketball, he said he grabbed the ball before the game and just let a little air out. But Shaq it doesn't do it. I mean, Shaq is like the point zero 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 one percent because Shaq's hands are ginormous. No, 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 no. Because, because they weren't big enough, he was saying. He was saying his hands, he didn't have big hands like MJ proportionally, had big hands. Long. And he, it didn't allow him to manipulate the ball like MJ, so he wanted that, so he, so he let a little air out of the ball. What the hell is Shaq talking about? Have you ever seen Shaq sh- shoot a free throw? Just go Google a picture of Shaq. It's That's like him I holding. I thought his hands was too big. It's like mm-hmm. him holding mm-hmm. a, 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 yeah, a ball that you play. With your little kid. Yeah. Kid. I'm telling you what Shaq said. Pop pool with. It it's like pop, holding a cue ball for Shaq. Pop a shot or whatever yeah, you call it. what is he dude? talking about? Well, he has And it don't hands, help you at all unless you're trying to palm the ball and keep it out there like MJ on the I think the that's pitch. what he was talking about. MJ Ain't nobody else doing that You're not talking about his free throws. I should do that in basketball because I thought I was fresh you like you MJ. MJ all this right here doing this. All I tried to palm all, the all ball and do that stuff. You know, when I was it was fresh looking, though. So As here's Todd say. McShay. Look fresh. Here's Todd McShay on hand size and why it doesn't matter when it comes to Kenny Pickett. The reason we're having this whole thing is Kenny Pickett measured with super small hands. Listen to McShay. Well, first of all, just for context, there hasn't been a quarterback in the NFL who's had sustained success going back to Michael Vick with under nine inches in terms of the hand span. You measure from the, the pinky to the to the thumb. And, and the reason I say that is there have been dozens and dozens of guys who have been under that nine-inch mark. And Joe Burrow, listen, he had nine inches, and he had great success, obviously. So and we're talking about a half of an inch, I understand. But then what do you see on tape? You see the 22 fumbles. You see the issues in the North Carolina game in the rain. You see the second day of practice at the uh, Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl, and he struggled more than any other quarterback there. 
Yeah, and and you're gonna when you look at what Ty was saying right there, uh, playing in bad weather for Kenny Pickett, fumbling the football, bad weather in Mobile, all of those sort of things. And I know teams, you know, they're not gonna take him off their draft board because of it, but it's gonna certainly make them think about how to protect him. It may even change his mechanics to a degree where now all of a sudden he has that Rex Grossman kind of uh, uh, dropping back. Uh, Rex Grossman <laughs> dropping back with two hands on the football, with the football at the ear of his helmet, which looks weird. It slows his delivery. Now all of a sudden you're changing his launch on his delivery. It could have some uh, effect as far as that goes. Since 2018, listen to this, and this is maybe why it affects Pickett because, well, does it help you, hurt you with ball security? He's second in the FBS with 27 fumbles. Aye. Now, Cincinnati Desmond Ritter is third with 26, but Pickett showed a steady decline over his career at Pitt. That said, Dak Prescott had 14 fumbles. It led the NFL this past season, and he had... 10-inch hands at the 2016 combine. So, you know, it, I don't know if there's I mean, a correlation Dan- or not. Daniel Jones had like 9.75, and he led the league in fumbles. But his 9.7, what's considered average to big? Or, like, what's the cutoff where you say, okay, that's normal? I don't know. I, I don't, I, to be honest <laughs> with you, I have no idea. I'm so childish. What's um, wrong with me? I think when you when you look at it, though, and you have to say to yourself, can he be successful with those size hands? And I think he can. That's all that it really boils down to. Every single year, or better yet, not even every single year, every single player that goes to the combine has something wrong with them mm-hmm. to a degree. It's something, right? Aaron Donald was too short. Well, on his way to the Hall of Fame. Aaron Donald, what you know? Yeah, it, it's it. Even Jay Will had a juvenile one. sense of humor. Got drafted yes. anyway. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There right. Go. I mean, everybody has <laughs> something. I don't care what it is. What and was that's yours? just what what it is. I don't know. <laughs> he wouldn't take the mental evaluation for the Giants. <laughs> but <laughs> that could be it too. There's a good reason for that. They didn't want to find out. There's a good a good reason. A good reason, yeah. I didn't want him to find out. He's crazy. I'm going to make y'all believe I'm crazy. A young black kid from South Central LA. Yeah, you think? (laughs) Go figure. (laughs) But yeah, everybody has something. Every single year, there's no such thing as perfect. You know, they're going to find some. If you look closely enough, you you know, you turn. uh, You're going to find some warts somewhere. You guys, even if his hands are slightly smaller, Mm -hmm. if you're Pittsburgh. And he's there. Do you take him? Well, you know a lot about him because he shares the same that's building. A, that's what I'm asking. You. He's there. Do you take him because he's from your hometown? It feels if like it's right. You, you, if you like him as a quarterback, you got to like him, though, to take uh, him. Obviously. Right? I'm, I mean, so I guess you, that's what I'm asking you. Do you yeah, like him? if you him? like him, I don't know if they like him. Do I don't you love like him. him. You don't no. love him. Why not? I wouldn't draft him in the first round if it's me, but that's just me. Because he's not – when I'm taking a quarterback in the first round, I'm taking the future. I can find Kenny Pickett it, later on. He believes I, I, he can find on. some raw material that's in that ballpark yeah. and coach it up to be more or less what, what Kenny I Pickett's need, upside yes. is. Yeah. What's the difference between Heineke in Washington and Kenny Pickett? It's the same thing. Heineke's very athletic. It's the I, same, I like but Heineke, I understand though. that. I like Heineke. But it's the same thing. 
You you got a guy that you basically found on the streets, dusted him off, yeah. cleaned him up a to little bit. To do what you need him to do. Threw him in yeah. there, and he's doing exactly what you need him to yeah. do. And then once in a while, what you find is an extra thinking dimension in a quarterback like that who processes information so quickly that he exceeds your expectations. But I understand, Key, what you mean. If the physical measurables or the tape doesn't jump out at you, then you have to assume limited upside, and for that you don't spend a first round That's like in basketball with me. I look at Jay. I could find me a 6'1 guard anywhere, but 6'2". I can't find him. Right, you put your eyes on Jay in yeah, college, you know it's deal. athletically like, different. Yeah. I go get me a little ball here, a little one six one dude dribbling and taking it to the cup. Man, they all over the streets. Right. But that ain't all over the streets. Right. So it's a little bit different. different. Right? It's like, y'all mean, I can't find a seven six dude walking. If he's walking around, he's seven six, something wrong. Right. So it's like, you know, you gotta be one of one. Yeah. One of one. And Kenny Pick is not Justin one Herbert. of one. Now Justin every time Herbert. you hear one on one, you're going to think Justin Herbert. I know. Justin Herbert. There goes That's that dangle right. thing you put in front of him. There it is. Keyshawn <laughs> <laughs> J. Will and Max is presented Justin by Herbert, Progressive Insurance. It's true. There are some topics that will have me completely distracted and absorbed in that topic, no matter what the situation. Right. So good. And we could probably write out a list of probably 20 of them. Trigger names. It just gets you. you just uh, Justin Herbert. Tangent. Then I got to go into my greatest hits volume, too. Uh, Justin Herbert, he's 6'6", and he got an arm, and look at him on fourth down. <laughs> like, yeah, right even without the Even without a, an offensive line. And look mean, what he, you, you, you made the, the line of the year by saying that you would take Justin Herbert over Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, going forward, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. the line of the year. Going That's forward right. for how long? Cause I, I, From I, here I still, until the end of the universe. I still need to get you checked. From here to the end of the universe, I will take the six foot six ascending Justin Herbert, who's already almost as good as Can't Aaron Rodgers. Can't do it. Going forward over the thirty, what is he now? Eight year old Aaron Rodgers, who also creates a media storm around him. Can't do it, Herbert man. Not for the next down. two. Not 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 for at least the next two to three years. Uh, it might be it. this year. Key, I got half of the homework you asked me to do. Do you want me to wait till it's all complete, or do you want half of it or now? You will get incomplete actually if you try to hand in your homework now. You know what? I'll wait. Dukish, got him. Scotty. That's apparent. No, Back to Gotti. the yeah. NBA. <laughs> I couldn't get into Duke. <laughs> and the Nets have a one-of-one. One. Speaking of one-of-ones, they have a one-of-one. One. But even he couldn't get him back in the win column, you I'm sorry. Size does matter. Here's Durant. Top of the key. Pull-up jumper. Good for KD. Welcome back, Kevin Durant. I feel great. If KD stays healthy, this is a squad right now that I believe could hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy. Because I'm close to the edge. (laughs) 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 Grandmaster Melly Mel. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Does it say that I'm old that I think of anything post-Melly Mel as like new school? I think I still think of leaders of the new school as new school. <laughs> if they walk, if they walk into an A and R department with that right there, yeah, they'd close the door. <laughs> they slam the door. That's they'd be it. like, "Well, what nowadays the they were inventing the genre I get at the time, it, but it's not good." It's like when you look at old, you know, grainy black and white football footage, you know. And he rushed for 62 <laughs> yards and led the league that season. You why know? do all those people sound like that? Yeah, guy? that's how they used why to is it, Why is it in sports that we feel like, oh, the athletes have only gotten better, but in music we feel like the music has gotten worse? No, I, don't I don't think, think the music's think gotten either. worse. I don't think the music's gotten worse. Just can't understand some of no, it. No, you know what happens in music, Jay, for real? You don't, 
You play when you say everyone's like it's the same thing with athletes. You know who they used to have? Boxing guys used to tell me this. Oh, the fighters are no good anymore. We used to have Jack Dempsey and Sugar Ray Robinson. They'd name every fighter who ever lived. Who do you have today? Well, you want me to compare this year to one year in history, or you want me to compare this year to all of history? Right? You, you, same thing in music. It's like you remember the hits, so you remember back in the day is better than it was because you don't remember all the bad songs. But today, there's a lot of bad songs. Yeah, there's always a lot of bad songs and always a lot of good songs, right? I mean, it's the same in every era, just like sports. It's the same thing. Every era is like, you know, same amount of good and bad and all that stuff. Yeah. Babe Ruth couldn't play in this era, people, those guys would tell you. Unless he grew up in this era and then he'd be smacking home runs. Yeah. I've, um, who was it? Kurt Schilling was talking to me about that. I'll mow Babe Ruth down. Yeah, you would, unless he grew up nowadays and he'd take you deep. We've been talking all morning about why we still believe in the Nets who lost in KD's return last night. KD be balling in any era. And why we don't believe in the Lakers who were swept this season by the Clippers to turn things around. Guys, listen to Zach Lowe on Get Up on these Nets. Can the Nets make a run? How about can the Nets win a game? They're 500. They're four games out of the seventh seed. Durant just came back. Ben Simmons isn't back yet. Kyrie can't play home games. Right now, they're clinging to eighth. You know what happens if they fall to ninth? It's one and done in the play-in tournament. As it is, you know who they're playing in the first game of the play-in tournament? Toronto. In Toronto. Guess who can't play in that game because it's in Canada? Kyrie Irving. So, yes, theoretically, the Nets are a really good team, really dangerous, good enough to push the Bucks, the Heat, the Sixers in the first round. But theoretically, it doesn't win you any games. You actually have to have a team that wins games, and we keep having this conversation, and the Nets keep losing, and the situation gets more dire. So I need to see them, like, just hold on to eighth before we have any conversation about can they make a run. No lies told there. I mean, I... I I, I, I've been, if you guys have been hearing it in my voice over the last couple of weeks since they made this trade, I was like, I, this seems like this may be issues. Like, everybody's talking about what's going to happen when the Nets are at full strength. But I'm like, w- when is that going to happen? Like, when, ever since they had this private sector mandate, that threw a curveball into the whole scenario. You know, what's so crazy is um, I didn't even think about Toronto. The, yeah, the seating in Toronto until Zach Lowe said it. I wasn't even. You know, I wasn't sitting thinking that far into the future. Like, oh, they got to play this team in it in Toronto. Ouch. This is he's, the Nets. He hit the, word, the nail on the head. Are the greatest theoretical squad of all time, right? But in practice, they have not been able to get right. Man, so they don't. Well, this is now two teams, Key, for one season that you're starting to think, damn, like, what could have been? Like, you go back to what could have been with KD, James Harden, and Kyrie. What could that trio actually look like if they had played a long stint? And now you're starting to wonder, what could this look like if Kyrie and KD and Ben Simmons actually are on the court this year, where in reality it may have to be until next year that we actually see it. Well, other teams are going to get better. I mean, I, look, I, I still like the Nets if they were at full strength. Even next year, so, I think they're a really so you good still team. Think, you think in 2023, if they miss out in 2022 – in 2021, that 2023 would be the year. Here's the, year the issue with KD. Yes. And Even I s- though <clears throat> Philadelphia is probably going to get better. Yep. 
you know, all the other teams, the Miamis, the Milwaukee's. I would still say that I think the Nets would be considered the favorite by Vegas. Guys, I want to revisit something about KD. And I was saying it at the time, loudly. We were debating it on first take at the time. They're in the finals. Clearly, he hurt his Achilles. The team was saying, no, 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 it's the calf. I'm like, Uh, "Uh uh-huh. I was in the room, I know. Uh Uh-huh. Right. And I'm thinking, KD... Do not play in these finals. And I said it many, because you're jeopardizing the rest of your career. Now, KD got a championship heart, right? He's like, he wants to play, and, and, and he came back, and that was a wrap for that season. Now, it wasn't about the contract. Of course, he'll get a contract. It's about the rest of his prime. I just want to point something out. He has come back miraculously in terms of the level he's able to play when he's on the court. But you know how many games he's played? Last year, it was 35 games, Jay. This year, it's 37 games so far. It is fair to say, post-Achilles, his availability has not been what it was his entire career before that. And that's the question. Are we dealing with a KD who can stay on the court going forward? Yeah. Well, also, you have to think about, we talk about shutting LeBron James down. You have to start thinking about how do you... How do you watch over the minutes that KD plays down the stretch as well, considering what you just said, Max? Great point. Tomorrow is Coach K's final game at Cameron Indoor Stadium, and one of his biggest rivals joins us next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. He was a two-time player of the year. won a national championship at Duke. Jason Williams, Jason, is the best in the land. So you know he's got some stories about Coach K. It's time for Jay Will's Coach K Memory of the Day. My last Coach K story, um, 
is something that is very personal to me. So obviously I, I suffered a life-changing event in my life uh, when I hit a utility pole on a motorcycle going around 70 miles per hour, clipped the whole left side of my body. And I, I sometimes think that we lose sight of how special of relationships coaches have with their players. And the reason why I'm telling you this story is because the person I'm going to introduce, and I know a lot of players that he's had relationships with, it's almost in the same vein. Um, so for me, waking up that night, obviously you can imagine not really know, knowing what the hell was going on, what was happening. But to wake up, to see in my head coach, Coach K, uh, praying with the rosary over me. Uh, and in that moment, me wanting to apologize to him and to myself, frankly, saying I threw all the way. And here's how coaches are so incredible at redirecting you. And so many times throughout the courses of games when you're playing bad, sometimes you can get lost in your own funk, and they just give you a slight shift to help you get out of your own way. He handed me the rosary, and he said, you know, you give this back to me because you're going to have moments in your life where you're going to be exponentially better because of this moment. And for me, you know, bringing Roy Williams on, the head coach of North Carolina, he was there for 18 seasons. I knew Roy when he was at Kansas. And one of the people I became very, very close to during my time in Durham going through physical therapy was Raymond Felton. And Raymond Felton would come over to my house, and some of the conversations we would have about Roy really blew me away. Because I knew of Roy, but I didn't know Roy the way Raymond knew Roy. And after getting a chance to do game day for a long time and spending time with him and hearing some of the incredible things Raymond Felton told me about Roy. I, I got it. I was like, this is, this is what coaching is all about, uh, how you touch lives and how you make young men better. And there is nobody in the game of basketball that made young men better than Roy Williams, the former head coach of North Carolina. Coach, how the hell are you doing, man? Shoot, I'm doing all right, Jay. I'm uh, uh, playing a little golf now. I had my left knee replaced uh, 12 uh, weeks ago, and – uh, I'm going to every game. I miss the coaching a great deal, but I miss the locker room, the bus rides, the uh, practices, you know, more so than I do the games. But I have been to every home game. And uh, only twice this year did I lose my concentration. Uh, once up at the Mohegan Sun tournament against Tennessee, I jumped up, yelled something, and quickly sat back down. <laughs> and the other night against Louisville, we had two guards that didn't get back for defensive balance, and Louisville laid it up on the other end. And I jumped up and clapped my hands real hard and said something and sat down really quickly. I said, boy, you shut up and sat down, boy. <laughs> so other than that, I've, I've enjoyed it. But the, the games are harder now. I mean, you know, when you're coaching, you're you're thinking next play or how you played the last play. And, Jay, most people think I'm teasing, but I'm not. I used to never look at the score the entire first half mm. because I wanted to make a decision on how we were playing by what I thought as opposed to just letting the score tell me something. I would walk off the court at halftime and look up at the clock and the scoreboard for the first time and see the score. But now as a fan, I look at the score every three seconds. I mean, they'll pass point to wing and I look at the score and I wing pass it back to the point and I look at the score again. It's uh, it's so stupid, but uh, I'm enjoying my life and I miss the coaching, but uh, I made the right decisions for the right reasons for me. And so I'm very much at peace with that, but thanks for asking. Roy, how did you handle your last your last game at the Dean Smith Center on Roy Williams Court? Obviously, Coach K having his final game at Cameron Indoor Stadium tomorrow against North Carolina. Uh, but how was that? How was that overall experience for you? 
Well, I didn't know it was going to be my last game. And in fact, uh, our last game at uh, uh, the Smith Center was against Duke. And it was one of only two games uh, that we had fans there last year. And so we had like 2,000 or 3,000, something like that. But I didn't know at that time that it was going to be my last game. It would have been very emotional for me, I'm sure, just like I think it will be very emotional for Mike. Uh, the good thing is it's he's got some goals that he's trying to reach here, and so he'll be able to focus on the game because he does have a great power of concentration and focus, and so that will help him. He's not going to be sitting over there thinking, oh, gosh, this is the last time out I'm going to call or this is the last free throw we're going to shoot. He's not. I, I don't think that he will be thinking like that at all. I think that he'll be coaching the game to the best of his ability, and then when that moment when the clock goes, you know, the horn sounds, the clock says zero, 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 there's no telling how he's going to feel about that. But uh, for me, uh, I didn't realize at that time that it was going to be the last one. So it's, it's really a much different scenario. Roy, I have to ask you, did you ever think about coming back? I mean, how, how, did, you, how did you process that? Because it's such a, a hard decision. And I still know when I talk to young players that there is still an awe of how you communicate it and how you taught the game. Well, for me, it was a very simple thing, and uh, I know I sound wacko at times, but I just did not think I was doing it as well as I'd done prior to the last two years. And uh, for me, I can look back the first 31 years, and I remember about, well, not about, I remember exactly two plays, two decisions, two choices that I made at the end of the game that directly impacted us in a negative manner. In my last two years, I remember three in two years that uh, either failing to do something or doing something directly impacted us winning or losing the game and didn't give our kids the, the best chance. And and I know I'm, I'm old school for sure and wacko at times, but uh, I really had a difficult time dealing with the fact that I couldn't get my kids to buy in as much the last two years as I had the first 31 and I didn't feel like I was doing as good a job and, uh, and it ate at me so much that that was, that was just the final straw. You know, we lose the uh, game to Wisconsin in the NCAA tournament and it was a record. Every coach knows about some records. They'll say, well, we don't pay attention to that, but everybody knows because people keep telling you. <laughs> and so uh, we had a streak. We had, uh, we had never lost a, a first round game in the NCAA tournament at one point. Coach Smith had the streak of 15 straight years of winning the first game. We stretched it to 29, and we had never lost a first-round game. And it was one – my record our, – our record is a better way to say it. Our record on senior day and our record in the first round of the NCAA tournament were the two biggest records that I uh, really felt good about. And so we lost that one. And then, you know, having those feelings that I wasn't doing as good a job as I'd done in the past, and I just couldn't handle it. I knew I'd never cheat my players or cheat my school. And uh, so I haven't looked back. And, you know, I've had people say, would you consider this or would you you consider that? And I just say no. (laughs) It's a, a, you know, no is a complete sentence, one word, but uh, never have considered uh, doing it again. Roy Williams, Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame head coach. Now listen to this. Three-time NC2A champion, nine-time Final Four appearance, and two-time AP Coach of the Year. Joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Coach, how, how did you and Coach K push and challenge each other on and off the field? You know, you guys got to get a court better yet. You guys got to go out there and hit the streets trying to find J. Wills of the world. How did you guys balance that? 
Well, Mike is very competitive, and my people, my friends, my buddies, my foxhole group, they think I'm wacko, you know, really wacko when it comes to being competitive. And, you know, we'll have a little contest who can get the keys out of the pocket quicker and open the door. So it's a, it's a little stupid kind of thing. But Mike is really competitive. He's very intelligent. Uh, he's ultra organized. Uh, and I think I try to do those same kind of things. We were at two great institutions, eight to ten miles apart, in a great league. Uh, you know, I happen to follow Coach Smith, Coach Guthrie, Frank McGuire, Matt Darty, and all those. So we have a big-time program, and so do they. And for me, uh, Mike made me better. Uh, there's no question about that. I knew that when we were playing them, I needed to have something different. I needed to make sure that I crossed the T's, dotted the I's, all that kind of uh, lingo kind of thing, but it was it was a different level that your preparation was, and it was the same thing in recruiting. You know, we would just uh, do the best you could do, and then do a little bit more. Uh, but he did, and I don't think I'm the only one. I think that uh, uh, everybody wanted to get a shot at, at uh, Duke, and everybody wanted to get a shot at Mike. And we were we were on the NABC board for several years together while I was coaching at Kansas, and and had some. Uh, some big time games when I was coaching at Kansas. In fact, my last year at Kansas, we beat them in the round of 16, I think, in the NCAA tournament where I had Nick Collison play. A great, great game. So we had some battles on the court, but we were also together a lot more in on the NABC board and some of those committees and uh, USA Basketball. And so we had, there was a great deal of respect there. And Mike doesn't play golf. I made the joke one time. I said, how can you trust somebody that doesn't play golf? And I had to explain <laughs> it to Mike because he doesn't play golf. But, uh, but uh, it was a relationship of respect what it is. Well, of course, because Roy Williams, Hall of Fame basketball coach, <laughs> is a two-time coach of the year, three-time NCAA champion, and we uh, thank you for your time this morning, Coach. Thanks, Roy. Appreciate it, my man. Well, Jay, let me tell you one quick thing. People have asked if, if I was going over to the game, and I, I'd say no. And they would say, and I'd say, why? And they'd say, well, out of respect for Mike. And I said, it would be phony because if I go over there and watch the game, I'm going to respect Mike just as much regardless. But I'm going to be cheering like crazy for the Tar Heels, so why in hell is that showing respect? So <laughs> I'm not going to the game is the way I look at it, guys. That is showing respect. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect anything else from you, Roy, right. and I respect that. That's right. right okay, man. guys. Well, you guys have a great morning. You too, too, Coach. Keyshawn J. Willemax, presented by Progressive Insurance has Evan finally finished his homework assignment? That's next on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
All right, Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Uh, Key, what was this homework assignment that you gave uh, Evan, and when was it due? It was due by the end of the show, and it was um, I wanted him to find out how many turnovers these quarterbacks with small hands have had in their careers Oops. based on fumbles, interceptions, things of that nature. Mm. And what did you do? Did not do the assignment correctly. Oh. <laughs> Already. So what did you do? What did you do? Uh, I, have, I have where these guys had ranked in turnovers for uh, last season. All right. Well, that's fine. We'll, 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 right. we'll accept that. Partial as, credit? We'll accept that, and then I'll let you know if I will accept it as partial credit. Okay, great. So uh, Ryan Tannehill ranked fourth most in the NFL with 18 turnovers. Baker Mayfield ranked ninth with 16. Joe Burrow ninth with 16. Jared Goff. 20th with 14. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater had the third fewest. He played less games, but the third fewest turnovers in the league with eight. Uh, and then Mahomes was tied for sixth with 17. That was just this past season for Although Mahomes threw a lot of interceptions. Hands. Yes, he did. Yeah. We're talking about fumbles, fumbles. really, primarily. Yeah, well, right? more, more so fumbles, I was asked to find turnovers. Balls, turnovers. Yeah. yeah. I, I know, but, but it, interceptions are obviously turnovers, but it doesn't really Mayfield, do what we're asking. Goff and Bridgewater all had rushing fumbles this year as well. Unless we want to make the argument that small hands leads to more thrown picks, no, but I don't true. see why that would be. <laughs> no, it's more about the fumbles and holding on to the ball. Right. That sort of thing. So would Matter. you give Evan an incomplete? Like, I, I, I don't feel like the assignment was He didn't understand the assignment. Seriously. Maybe. Because it was poor. I was poorly. Uh, the directions advised? of the assignment were, was, were poor. The, uh. teaching, the teacher was wrong. Uh, wow. I've heard okay, that excuse teacher, a lot. The teacher was wrong. Yep. Blame the black teacher. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> got it. I'm just saying. Why you gotta go there? Because I did, <laughs> and I don't care. It is Friday. That's why. <laughs> and I knew Jay would laugh at 9:50, and Max would freeze up. I'm sorry. Size <laughs> does matter. I can't with the size matter things with with Mel. I can't. Yeah. Actually, Key had a good size matters uh, observation about Jay. Which is? Oh, yeah. Well, you could take it however you want to take it, Jay. Well, I'm certainly not like that. But, yeah, I was. I, we were talking about just the size of, you know. It how, was a backhanded compliment. It was not a backhanded compliment. Every time I say something, you feed into what people in the studio are saying, and then you fall into that trap. I said how amazing it is to see a guy as small as Jay – be drafted as high way, as he was drafted at the number two pick. In spite in of his tiny size. In phrasing. Through that. You see that? In, um, in, in, phrasing. In spite of his tiny size. You didn't say tiny hey, the first phrasing. time. You're feeding no, I people like Max. And what they're telling you I said to, to be say. so tiny. To be so so small, we're just done with phrasing, right? That's not a thing anymore? In the NBA, nobody has been drafted. Since this is a good point, Jay. Actually, since, this is both things since, can no, be true at the same you. time. Which since you or before you, at your size to be taken. Who is taken it. second who? or first? Yes, your who size. is your height or shorter? Isaiah Thomas. Okay, so that's going back twenty something years. Yeah, more. Forty years. Forty yeah. years. Come 80s. on, dude. Forget about Isaiah That's Thomas. A long time Let's ago. talk about in the last twenty years. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, you know me. I, That's I, why I was like, I have Google fingers. I tried. I, I didn't find but anything. That's why I was like, you know what kind of a baller like you have cool. to be? Because look, I know, but it was a, it was a tiny part of how he articulated. And then it was like, but you're a baller on top of that. So you know, Sensitive. it was like it was like a pop 
He was like, let me slap you in the yes, face. Yes, he and did let me two things at once. It was a say, muscular hey, move by yes. Keith. He no, did many things were accomplished. It's a very Keith Johnson-like yes. move. Oh, he was a very See, there it is. There it is. <laughs> point guard at Duke <laughs> that was a little undersized, mm-hmm. but was taken as the number two pick to in a the seven NBA. Foot to six a seven-six guy. Think about it. Because there's a lot of them out there. So the tallest guy taken at that point in the draft and Ever. the shortest guy taken at that point in the draft went in the same draft. And think about this, though. How many really small guys like Jay? <laughs> it's not really ridiculous. small. Hey, Frazier. You know what I'm saying? How many so really bothersome. small guys like Jay was taken in the NBA draft at all and had illustrious careers? Jay was on his way. I feel like okay? Yao, Ming, Yao Ming and myself, we were like – Twins. We're like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Uh-oh. Danny DeVito. That's, that, that's but, our But package. listen, basketball, the hoop is way up in the air. Man, way so it up selects there. out for height. It does, which is why disproportionately tall people play basketball. Six foot one, six foot two is tall for a normal person. It is short. It Man, obviously it for a number two overall draft pick, Jay, that just means that you're balling out of your mind. Yes. So stop always looking for the negative. I'm not just the way you, you phrase it. You were two time, what, Naismith? See. No. Wait, two-time Wooden Award winner. I got Wooden once. I was he wanted to National. say Mighty Mouse Award winner, yeah. but no, he didn't I wasn't. say. <laughs> yeah. No, but anyway, he was the best the damn player in the country in college basketball. Yeah. For You're two years in a row. Not one year, two That's years. Nuts. So he had to run it back to get more money from Duke to come back to do it again. <laughs> That's right. I mean, like, come <laughs> he on. He cleaned up before he even ever got All to right. the league. Yes. Best, best player is 6'2 and under. This is a list from 2013. Uh, Jerry West. John oh. Stockton. Mm-hmm. Bob Cousy, mm. where were they drafted? Three, I mean, these are all, I believe, first round picks <laughs> from way, way back in the day. <laughs> way, way back Stephon in the Marbury? day. Ste- yeah, Steph Marbury. Tony, where, yeah, Tony Steph, Parker, I believe he was like second. Steph, second Steph round? probably or Steph. Late Steph first is like round. Six, Steph is maybe a slight yeah, about, smaller. About, yeah, about no, smaller but than since me. Since you were drafted, smaller. Wait, who was drafted first? You Steph dra- was drafted before. Yeah, you me. way yeah, before. Yeah. Since you were drafted, no one your height or below has been drafted second or above. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Because in my mind, like who? 2002. And if it wasn't for a seven foot six center, you got first. John Murray six three. Yeah. Yeah. So take that compliment and run to the hills, boy. You know when you call and me from, boy, really and from the hills, you will be at a at a vantage point that evens you out with the rest, the rest of the people of with the rest oh, of the people who are drafted NBA. second or first in the NBA. I tower over regular Americans. <laughs> Jay is a tall dude, actually, in regular life, just not in in you the NBA. You should see how many people come to me like, "Yo, I thought you were shorter." I'm like, "Nah, I'm just surrounded by aliens." Yeah, like he is a damn alien. You see how he was thick a giant receiver. Is? Yeah, no, look at a, this man. No, I'm fat right now. Yeah, I mean, you don't look like the skinny key we saw in the video no. from the draft. No, you looked so angry skinny, back then. Skinny you look, key you definitely look like a tight end right now. Yeah, lean and hungry. Fresh. <laughs> fresh. Very hungry. Fresh. Very hungry. Gold <laughs> chain, Not Rolex. Not so much hungry now. All that. Yeah, Not and that, was just, and that, was, just, anymore, and that yeah. was just from SC money. Oh, Wait God. till he hit the league. <laughs> <laughs> Lobsters and steaks. Uh, uh, we're back on Monday. Jay, try not to cry this weekend. Are we back on Monday? I'm sorry. Size does matter. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.